0: Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. The start. Isn't it great to be pioneering Christmas Day over at Mansfield? It's brilliant. And listen, thank you for turning out. It's great to have you with us. As Andy said, I'm just going to uh, just speak from the Bible just on this day, because the reason we come is not just to put on another service, it's to celebrate Jesus' birth, isn't it? And I'm so glad to be here to celebrate everything that Jesus has done for me and also for all of us here Today. So I just want to take us to uh, Luke 1, verse 28 to 38, and it says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph, and the virgin's name, Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her. Good morning, you're beautiful with God's beauty, beautiful inside and out. God be with you. She was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. Surprise. (laughs) Anyone else want a surprise like that this Christmas? (laughs) Surprise. He'll be great, be called son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will rule Jacob's house forever, no end ever to his kingdom. Mary said to the angel, but how? I've never slept with a man. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest hover over you. Therefore, the child you bring to birth will be called holy, son of God. And did you know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son, old as she is? Everyone called her barren. And here she is six months pregnant. Nothing you see is impossible with God. And Mary said, yes, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me, just as you say. Then the angel left her. I've called this message Pregnant with Hope. Pregnant with Hope. See, I've been a part of many conversations over the years, and I've realized that you tend to know how a conversation will go based upon the greeting, don't you? So if someone's running up to you and saying, Josh, I need to speak to you, I'm thinking, that's probably not going to go too well. But if someone runs up with open arms saying, "George, it's great to see you, that's probably going to be a great conversation. Now, for example, when I was a teenager, I was what you might call a lovable rogue. Basically, it meant that, that uh, I was a bit naughty, but uh, I had the chat and the conversation to maybe get myself out of trouble and maybe turn things around a little bit. So when I got back from school, a lot of the time, and this was not Uh, because of my mum, this is because of me, I might hear when I walk through the door, Joshua! (laughs) And if Joshua's used in my family, that means I'm in a bit of trouble, probably because I hadn't tidied my room for the hundredth time that that week or whatever. But see, being this lovable rogue, I, I sort of worked out this strategic conversational approach, is what I call it. So, for example... I've learned over the years that having a wife, me and Helen have been married about seven... Is it seven, seven years? <laughs> I should not have asked that. That should have been in my notes. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I've got my presents already, Andy. That's all I'm saying. We've been married for not about seven years. We've been married for seven years. <laughs> and um, basically, I've learned that if I want to go and play golf after work, I don't come into the house and kick my feet up and say, Helen, I'm going to golf... I come in and I go, Helen, you are the most beautiful woman in the world. I run up to her and say, babe, how do you look after these kids, this house with so much grace and beauty? You do it. You are the best mum I've ever seen. You're unbelievable. And then I grab her and give her a kiss like in the Hollywood movies. This is every day in our house, guys. But Helen's reply to this, this epitome of romance is what do you want? (laughs) I'm like, what do I want, babe? I need a reason to ask, to tell you and declare my love for you. What do you want? Now, the married men in the room will understand where I'm coming from with this, but it brings us back to the conversation with the angel Gabriel and Mary, because Gabriel, he comes with this big star and it's a huge star. He goes, good morning. You are beautiful with God's beauty, beautiful inside and out. God be with you. And Mary's like, what do you want? She goes. She says she was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind. Agreed to like that. I mean, like only a woman could be that sharp. If it was a man, if it was a man, we'd be like, "You are so right. <laughs> I, I am beautiful inside and out. That that is so me, Gabriel. You know me well. You must be from God." But joking aside. Gabriel goes on to tell Mary that she's going to be pregnant with the Son of the Highest, with the God of heaven and earth, that this baby will be no ordinary baby. Then Gabriel goes on to discuss uh, Mary's cousin Elizabeth and said, Look, you know your cousin Liz? She's she's a bit old. She's cracking on a bit. Well, listen, Elizabeth's pregnant as well. (laughs) She must have been pretty old because he says nothing's impossible for God. You know, it's not lost on me, the, 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 the humor of this story. And here's the crazy part. Mary's just been told that she's going to um, give birth to a baby when she's never slept with a man. She knows what she's going to go through. She knows how delusional she'll sound when she says, God put it there. Because if someone walked in saying that this morning, we'd be all like, this person's weird. But she says this, yes, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me just as you say. See, it's obvious that Mary is no ordinary woman. I mean, she was ordinary. She was like you and me. But she had such a faith in God that would lead her to be called the most blessed among all women. I think there's so much we can learn from this interaction with Gabriel and Mary. See, Mary lived pregnant with hope, and I think we're called to live pregnant with hope. So the first thing I think we see from this is that Mary had a purpose, that Mary lived a life in purpose. See, Mary had this unique calling from God, didn't she? This unique calling from Gabriel. I know it was super clear. It was crystal clear that she was going to raise the son of the highest. She was going to look after like the God of heaven and earth. Mary's life was to be wrapped up, birthing, nurturing, and loving God's own son. Not too small a task, eh, hey guys? Don't mess it up. I mean, I'll just point out that Mary actually lost Jesus one day. Anyone, anyone know about that? And they didn't find out until the end of the day either. I think if I would have lost my little boy, I'd know, like, in the first five minutes. But, but Mary had purpose. She had a purpose to bring up Jesus, this God child, to bring him into the world. See, purpose and hope are intrinsically linked. If you don't have purpose, you have nothing to be hopeful about. I think that's the reason why there's so much mental issue in our world today, because people are running around living lives without a purpose, living lives without hope. And when you live a life where you have no purpose, then it's really tough to be hopeful about what's going to happen tomorrow. See, we're all called to live with purpose. God's got a purpose for every single one of you in this room today. He's got a purpose for me. He's got a unique purpose for every single one of us. And God's best for you is living in his best for you. See, when one of the best illustrations for this, I think, the whole purpose debate is when someone starts a job. Because they start a job and they're phenomenal. They're excited about where they can go in the job, about what they can do, about, about all the things that they're going to do, the promotions that they're going to get, the way they might you know, own the business one day, whatever it may be. People get really excited about the job. Everything's great with the job. Then you talk to them after three months and things are a bit different. They've maybe got bogged down with office politics. And maybe their eyes have slightly gone off of where they were going to go to really the monotony of the day to day. And then you speak to them after a year. And most people after a year have lost the excitement of the new job, have lost the excitement of what they can do and where they can go, and actually have slipped in to just focusing and getting stuck in the day-to-day. They go from living with a purpose to living without a purpose, and the job loses all shine. And most people, today is sort of what I do, most people leave their roles within two years of starting. I think because of this exact reason see purpose gives birth to hope the bible says it like this in proverbs 29 verse 18 where there is no vision the people perish and vision and purpose are very closely linked in terms of the words they are pretty much one and the same see we're talking about the driving force of your life and i don't think there's any better time to think about your purpose over this christmas period I find that the new year, you know, going from 2018 to 2019 is a really good time to say, hey God, what have you got for me this next year? Hey God, what do you want from me? Maybe just a bit of of an escape from the day to day. Maybe a bit of an escape from the normal routine that you're in. Just to take a few minutes with God and say, God, what have you got for me? God, am I living in your best? Am I living your best for my life? See, when you find your purpose, you live with a hope that's contagious the next thing I see from Mary's story is this that she had faith to believe and we see it there that at the end of that interaction with Gabriel she says yes I see it all now I'm the Lord's made ready to serve see this is faith speaking because what the angel Gabriel had said was not normal it was huge see a lot of us had said no Gabriel not us, and I, I can't do that, Gabriel, not me. I, I'm not qualified to, to raise God's son. No, Gabriel, not me. Or we would have written it off as, you know, a bit of a, bit of a strange dream, or we'd eaten too much cheese, or maybe, no, I, I didn't see that right. But Mary took what God said through Gabriel and said, you know what, I'm going to hang on to that. See, this woman of faith, who was an ordinary woman, she clung to what God said. I want to ask you this morning, what has God said to you that you haven't had the faith to believe? What has God said to you that you haven't had the faith to step into? Because I think if you've been a Christian for quite a a while, a lot of us have those things where God comes to us and it scares us, don't we? We have those things where God comes to us and speaks to us, speaks straight into our life and we know it's God, but we rationalize it and we and we, uh, we, we worry it away, I guess, because of what might happen and what might go wrong. I want you to know today, Christmas 2018, that God is calling you to more. God's calling you to bigger. He's calling you to your best life. He's calling you to more influence and greater impact in this world. Because you know what we need? We need Christians in this world to stand up with influence, and to influence this world for Jesus. That is what we need. I believe that we need Christians in politics, Christians in business, Christians in our world that are committed not just to getting themselves forward, not just to pushing themselves forward, but actually to pushing God's kingdom forward. That's what we need in this world. See, the Bible's full of people who stepped out in faith, who stepped out and saw God do unbelievable things. But there's also people in the Bible who decided not to step out, who decided to turn away from God. See, the thing is, when God asks us to do something, a lot of the time it's far bigger than we could do on our own. So we say, no, it's it's too big for me because you would be exactly right. It is too big for you. But when God speaks to us, he doesn't want you to do it on your own. He wants you to do it with him. You know, when Lou started Care for a Coffee with the team, do you think Lou thought, you know, we'd be seeing 50, 60 guys on a, on a Wednesday? Probably not. I bet there was a bit of fear in that as well. But you know what? As she committed it to God, look what's happened. We've got people even sitting in the room today because of that amazing ministry that started. See, God doesn't want you to do it on, his, on your own. He wants you to do it with him. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power at work within us. See, faith is taking God's word and trusting that he will help you see it through. It's not about doing it in your strength. It's about his power at work within you. The next thing from Mary's story is this, that Mary had a friend. She had a friend. See, she had this huge, huge news, didn't she? That God, she was going to give birth to God's own son. This, this crazy news, this unbelievable news. And that's not hyperbole, that is the case. It was unbelievable. So she needed to tell someone, but she couldn't tell everyone. So she went to Elizabeth, a cousin. And we see it here in verse 39, what it says. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you'll bear. But why am I so favoured, that the mother of my Lord would come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfil his promises. What words of encouragement from a friend. What amazing words. I bet Mary was scared. I bet she was fearful. I bet people had shunned her and pushed her away. But she goes to a friend and a friend encourages her. It's amazing. See, most people will question Mary's integrity. Say, Mary, you're crazy. Or even be jealous because of the ramifications of this huge purpose that Mary's been called to. Not Elizabeth. Elizabeth what a great friend. She championed her, she encouraged her. I so want to be like Elizabeth. When my friends come to me, when people come to me and say, Josh, I think God's saying this, I want to be that guy saying, you know what, go for it. You know what, you can do it. You know what, you're good enough. You know what, with God, you can do it. I want to be that kind of person. And you know what, as well, I want those kind of people around me. Because I've found in my life, That when I hang around with those people who are forever trying to bring me down, forever trying to to, to go the other way, to go the wrong way, I go that way as well. I want people around me who are going to push me to more. Who are going to call me to bigger. Who are going to push me into our destiny. See, this is so vital for living with hope. You can't live with hope and have the people around you who are hopeless. You have to live with people who are going to call you to bigger. And finally, as I finish, the last thing is this, that Mary had opposition. Now, we don't see this explicitly in the passage, so you go with me here. You know, you can disagree with me on this if you want to. But a young woman, out of wedlock, becoming pregnant in this day, in Jesus' day, 2018 years ago, would raise serious eyebrows. It's very, very different to today. This would be incredibly frowned upon in this Jewish culture. See, I'm sure Mary was the talk of the town. Everybody gossiping. Have you heard? Mary's pregnant. Have you heard that Joseph's still staying with her? Mary's pregnant. See, I just wonder if this is the reason that Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months. So that she could stay away from the negativity of the crowd. So that she could stay away from those who opposed her. So that she could stay away from those who were saying hurtful things about her. See, here's the fact though. If you want to live a life of hope, if you want to live pregnant with hope, if you're going to live in your calling over your life, you will be opposed. You will be. I'm sorry to say it this morning, but you will be opposed. See, the bedfellow of opportunity is opposition. See, if you want to live a comfortable life, don't hope, don't believe for more, just do what everybody else is doing. Because as soon as you step into opportunity, into what God has called you to, you will be opposed. But guess what? God's going there right with you as well. See, we see this throughout the Bible though. Look at the guy called Nehemiah. Read the book over the Christmas period. It's phenomenal. He set out to rebuild the wall around his city and straight away in Nehemiah, probably Nehemiah 3, as soon as he starts to build the wall, he's opposed. Look at the apostle Paul and his ministry journey. Everywhere he went, he was opposed. Look at Jesus, came to save the world, lived a perfect life with a huge call, but was opposed to the point of death by the religious people of the day. See, you may have... stopped stepping into the more over your life because of opposition. You may have stopped pursuing your purpose because of what people have said, but I'm here today to tell you it's worth it and push through. Let me tell you, God's best over your life is not worth dropping because of the opposition. You know, if we want to reach this town, we're going to have to step into more and we are going to be opposed. But you know what? I believe it's worth it. I believe there's thousands out there today who are worth stepping out for, who are worth taking a risk for, who are worth laying our lives down for we need you to fulfill your God-given destiny we need you to step into all God has called you to see in Acts they thought they'd won when they stoned Paul to a point where they thought he was dead but Paul through the power of God he stood up and went straight back into that town to continue to see the church advance See, they thought they'd won when Jesus hung on that cross. But three days later, he rose again to win the ultimate victory. See, it might be hard in the moment, but you were called to overcome through the power of God. Today, you might think you're losing. You might feel like you've lost. But God is saying to you, Christmas 2018, go again. Live pregnant with hope. Pick up that dream because 2019 is the time when He's going to begin to move in your life again. Listen to me, I know this to be true. That as you step into God, as you lean back into God, let me tell you, you will, you will feel His Holy Spirit working inside of you and working with you. I'm believing that 2019 is going to be such a year of opportunity. It's going to be such a year to live in hope. It's going to be such a year of seeing God move in our lives and in this church. I just want to pray for you, if I can. If you just bow your head and close your eyes, that would be brilliant. We're just giving people their space.